Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm delighted to be with you again today on our uh, Victory Church weekly podcast. Hope you're doing well and God is blessing and uh, hope you're getting something out of the podcast. Do encourage you to, you know, feel free to make contact with me. My email address, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. Again, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. We'd love to hear from you, love your comments, etc. And uh, I hope you're getting something out of the podcast. Uh, today, I'm taking up a new subject, and we'll see how far we go with this. Um, we are living in a conscienceless age. And one thing that is necessary for us to have a, 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 a good walk with God, a successful walk with Jesus that really impacts our life and brings change to us is that once we come to know Jesus, we seek to develop our conscience. Our conscience must be developed, and we are living in a conscienceless age. So I want to talk about a tender conscience in a conscienceless age. And I'm just going to hit some high spots today and really read a lot of Scripture because I want you to see the background uh, for dealing with conscience. And then we'll give... Uh, and then we'll just give some things about conscience in later podcasts that uh, may be helpful to you. Let me first of all define conscience. That faculty of mind, Easton's Bible Dictionary says, conscience is that faculty of mind or inborn sense of right and, or, and wrong by which we judge of the moral character of human conduct. It is common to all men like all other faculties. It has been perverted by the fall. So that's Easton's Bible Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary defines conscience as this inner sense of what is right or wrong in one's conduct or motives impelling one towards right action. A second definition of Webster, the complex of ethical and moral principles that controls or inhibits the actions or thoughts of an individual. Again, the complex of ethical and moral principles that controls or inhibits the actions or thoughts of an individual. So I want to talk a little bit about conscience. First thing is we are living in a period of time in human history that conscience is being dumbed down in a big way, and it's costing every culture that allows this to happen a lot. It's costing the American culture. It's costing, if we're not careful, it's costing and will cost us our nation. First Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Notice what the Apostle Paul and Paul more than any other writer of the Bible has something to say about conscience. So let's look into this. Uh, we're living in a conscienceless age. First Timothy 4 verses 1 and 2. New, uh, New King James. Now the Spirit expressly says or emphatically speaks that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Watch this giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And then verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So seared with a hot iron. Now that's something to think about, isn't it? Um, 
A person who is conscienceless is a person who has violated over and over and over that which they know is is uh, right or wrong, and they choose to do the wrong in the face of knowing in their conscience, in their own heart, uh, what they're doing is not the way it should be. So again, he talks about a conscience seared with a hot iron. Kenneth Hagin is one of the Bible schools I went to. He always, uh, he frequently mentioned when he was talking about the spirit of man and the conscience. He mentioned a man that he knew when he was a young a young boy who when he went to see this guy, always had a boiling pot of coffee on his wood stove in his kitchen. And he said he watched this guy many times would take that, that boiling cup of coffee on the wood stove, pour it right into a cup, coffee cup, and drink it right down without stopping. And he, he said he grimaced when he saw the man do that because, you know, if an average person would do that, obviously it's burns your mouth, burns your tongue, burns your throat, burns your esophagus going all the way down to your stomach. Maybe you've had the experience of drinking something hot and you feel it hot going all the way down to your stomach. Well, he said this guy, he, uh, he, he told the guy, said, how do you do that? And the guy said, well, I have done this so many times and now that I'm an older man, you know, he said, basically I have no nerve endings, I guess, in my esophagus, so I can drink a boiling cup of coffee and it doesn't bother me at all. See, that's what's happening in our culture today. People are doing what has not been allowed by con- the conscience of culture uh, for um, f- uh, since the inception of the, of the nation of the U.S. here, and then worldwide, the conscience of the multitude of, of people worldwide is being dumbed down, and we can see that, and we can see the effect that it's having on our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. Notice what Jeremiah the prophet said in Jeremiah 6.15, and he's referring to the conscience here. And, of course, Jeremiah, his ministry was towards Israel during the time of their their moving away from God, and he was challenging them to stop their their immorality, stop their idolatry, and, and stop disobeying God in such a flagrant way. And uh, so notice what Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 6, 15. Uh, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination, speaking the Israelites? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. The time I punishment them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. So here's an admonishment from Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, the people, when they should have been ashamed, they were not ashamed at all. Then even he said, didn't even know how to blush. That means things that they should be conscience stricken about. They were not conscience driven. And this verse implies that uh, living with a lack of conscience eventually breeds and brings judgment. And friends, that's where we are in American culture today. We have been, we have been uh, gospelized, if I could use that term. All these. Uh, uh, all these years of time since the inception of our nation. In fact, the, uh, the early settlers came looking for religious liberty, and, uh, and Judeo-Christian ethic has been the moral bedrock and the moral foundation of our culture, and now it's being eroded away in rapid succession, in rapid fashion. What's the next thing to come? Judgment. That's why, you know, my encouragement to you and me Let's make sure in the middle of this conscienceless age 
that we seek to develop a tender conscience. Notice, and I'm just reading some scripture here. Notice what Proverbs 30 verse 20 says. There is the way of an adulterous woman. Then notice what it says about the adulterous woman, the promiscuous woman. She eats, wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wickedness. Now, you know what? The sexual morals in America today, in a large way, uh, typify Proverbs 30, 20. Here's a person who is committing an act of immorality, a woman who is, and it says she wipes her mouth, wipes all the crumbs away, so you can't outwardly see what she's been doing. She said, I haven't done anything wrong. This is a person living without a conscience. Do you know anybody that is living without conscience? Let's bring it home. Are you living with or without conscience? What is conscience to your personal life? Without conscience, we are defenseless. And without conscience, we cannot be close to the Lord. Notice what Jesus said in John 16, verses 2 and 3. This is New King James. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you, speaking to his disciples and uh, speaking to Jewish believers of his day. And, of course, obviously it's extrapolated into the church age and will refer to us as well. Therefore, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you thinks that he offers God service. And these things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. He said here, Jesus said, there's a time coming that people that kill believers will be thinking they're doing something good instead of something bad. See how the conscience can be affected? And here's the issue. Without a good conscience, you can't tell good from bad, right from wrong. And Jesus is referring here to a period of time where where uh, dark is light, light is dark, good is bad, bad is good. And killing, which is against the commands of God, seems to be fine in these people's eyes. Why? Because they have no conscience. So again, Jesus is referring to a, a conscienceless time where even murder in some situations seems okay to the person who does it. And I'm reminded again, let me mention what I just said, Isaiah 5, 20, the prophet Isaiah uh, mentions a time period where things become backwards and twisted, and it's a conscienceless time. Isaiah 5, 20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, um, who to those who are wise in their, woe to those who are wise, he says, in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to mighty men at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and they take away justice for the righteous men. Therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the fire consumes the chaff, so their root will be as rottenness and their blossom will ascend like dust because they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord is aroused against his people. He has stretched out his hand against them and stricken them and the hills trembled. Their carcasses were as refuse in the midst of the streets. Well, the whole ver- these verses are saying, and I don't normally quote all those verses when I mention Isaiah 5.20. You usually hear, hear Isaiah 5.20 quoted, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who poke darkness for light, light for darkness, bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. You hear that all the time, but you know what? 
you know, these people that 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 twisted ideology is from a is is from a lack of conscience or a seared conscience. And in many times in scripture, when a person has a seared conscience and when a person or a culture is doing what they know they should not be doing, it brings personal judgment sometimes or it brings cultural judgment or even a national judgment. So conscience is something we really, really want to be careful with and we want to make sure we're walking according to conscience. As I'm talking about this, let me ask the question again, how are you doing with your personal conscience. Ephesians 4, 17 through 20, Therefore I say, uh, and testify in the Lord, Paul said, that you should not walk as the rest of the Gentiles or, or non-Jewish people walk in the emptiness of their mind, having their understanding darkened, their mind is darkened. Then he says, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Uh, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness and to work all uncleanness with greediness. Here's, here are people who have become sexually loose and sexually immoral. Why? Because their understanding is darkened. Uh, they've been alienated from the life of God because of the callousness of the heart. And when he refers to the callousness of the heart, he's specifically talking about a conscience that has been seared. Are we not living in the middle of a period of time where people are violating their consciences because everybody else is doing it, because the norms have been, uh, the social mores and norms that a culture lives by and causes them to act and live a certain way and treat each other a certain way, those have been being broken down over a, a prolonged period of time in our educational system, in our public schools, all the way from elementary age, all the way through, uh, through college. And you know what? It's worse now than ever. In fact, listen, this attack against our children, uh, wanting them to become transsexual, binary, uh, not to acknowledge male and female, but to do anything they want to do with their bodies and bringing people in that are uh, doing, doing immoral things in, the, in front of small children, you know, elementary age. What is the reason for this? The people doing this are seeking to break down the conscience of a culture so that that culture can be broken, so there's no family unit, no family with which uh, strength can come to raise children with a history and with a standard. That's the reason for these things. So Paul calls them here people who are past feeling. That is, they have given themselves over to things that they know are wrong so much that they no longer have a conscience about it. And friend, that's where we are in America today. And Jesus mentioned this uh, about the time. It's an inference here when Jesus' disciples asked him in Matthew 24 what the world would be like just before his coming again. And one of the things Jesus said, and you know this very well, verse 12 of Matthew 24, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. He called the time before he comes back a time of lawlessness. Well, lawlessness is a conscienceless age. And friends, 
That's where we are living right now. Uh, lack of conscience is a dangerous thing. A person who lacks conscience allows themselves to do things where at one time in their life they knew were wrong. And that's the reason one of the most dangerous things you and I can do as a human being, much less as a believer, is to violate our conscience and allow ourselves to do things that we know full well are wrong, but we do them anyway. Why is that dangerous? Because you'll get to the point that you no longer can identify right from wrong. In fact, there is no right. There is no wrong. There is just doing what you want to do. And see, people who have that ideology and educators are beginning to promote that kind of ideology with the teaching of the young. We've got three of our staff team members in school right now. We're getting ready to open up a child care in our church here just in just a couple of months, a few months' time. And, you know, these courses, you know, they're basically, uh, the courses are, are inferring that children should, should train themselves and should be allowed to do what they want to do. And in their mind, that is correct child training. That's not the child training that the Bible talks about. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. And that training up a child is give that child some moral fabric to, to balance life with. And this is what modern education doesn't understand. We are innately sinners at birth. That's what the Bible says. And the reason that culture rejects the Bible and the Ten Commandments is because the Bible and the Ten Commandments, the Judeo-Christian ethic that comes from the Bible and that comes from the Old Testament Ten Commandments that God wrote with his finger on a tablet and gave to Moses on top of Mount Sinai, those laws were created for people who were conscienceless, people who were sinners. The Ten Commandments are created for people who are lawless in their hearts. And this is what the modern age doesn't want to you know, doesn't want to, to admit, and that is that we are sinners from birth. That is, we are iniquitous. In our hearts, we are set on doing not what is right, but what is wrong. Modern education says we have a spark of divinity in us, so to speak, and all we need is a little education to spark, to, to bring, to spark that flame and make it grow. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we are wicked from our birth, from the time of our conception. We are sinners because we're a fallen race, because of the first man, Adam and Eve's sin against God when they disobeyed the direct voice of God. That has bled over into every human being since the first man, Adam and Eve, were created. And, you know, we're sinners by nature. You know, that very argument, when I say that, people will argue with me and say, well, I don't believe the Bible. And when you don't believe the Bible, you know what you're doing? You're setting up a scenario where you can do what you want to do, be a narcissist, live any way you want to live to the disregard of how that affects another person. And see, that will cause anarchy. That will cause chaos. 
And that feeds into the spirit of Antichrist that is loose on the earth right now. And let me tell you what the spirit of Antichrist is doing right now. The spirit of Antichrist is sending up anarchy worldwide so that laws aren't being enforced that are on the books in the various nations, particularly here in America. We've moved away from the Judeo-Christian ethic of the Ten Commandments. We're doing what we want to do. You think that's freedom. No, my friend, that freedom eventually brings bondage. And as the Bible says over and over again, once we start to violate conscience and it becomes common and second nature to us, that breeds judgment. You know what the judgment will be? Listen, on a culture or society that defies conscience, lets it down and does what they want to do, you know what the end result of that is? The end result of that is being controlled by a force, totalitarianism and tyranny. That is, rule by force is the only anecdote to any culture that refuses to live by moral guidelines and boundaries. There is no other way. So the things that you see being instilled in children today, the things that teenagers feel comfortable doing uh, with, with the sexual boundaries that are limitless, the things that people feel comfortable to do with homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, this binary uh, ideology that's being taught. You think that's freedom. That freedom will eventually, according to the scriptures, bring bondage. And history uh, has shown that out. Every culture that has embraced immorality and lawlessness has always failed. It's come to a termination point in history. Starts out with the lawlessness, and the lawlessness then breeds social, breeds social anarchy. Then the social anarchy brings tyranny and rule by force, and then that culture is decimated. Friends, that's the way we are headed in America today. That's why you and I, as believers, need to, need to I mean, we need to come to grips with what's going on and not be sucked in uh, to the ideology of our age and understand what's, uh, what's going on. Let me end with this, excuse me, the scripture from Proverbs 25, 28. It says this, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Wow. Now, you know, cities in, in Old Testament times, uh, of course, you know, um, much different than today, but you know, there were bandits and bands of people and, and, and perhaps armies from other countries that would come to take over a city. So they built city and then they would and then there were um, uh, there were animals that would come in to, to harm people, uh, villainous, villainous animals. And uh, so they would build a wall, high wall with a gate and the and the gate would keep the uh, animals out that would seek to do them harm while they're sleeping or the or it would hinder an enemy coming in time trying to decimate the city. And here he says, here a person who has no rule over his own city, that uh, own spirit, or a person who doesn't have a conscience is like a city broken down without walls. Um, Bible in basic English says, he whose spirit is uncontrolled is like an unwalled town which has been broken into. And then uh, here's another translation, like a city broken down without a wall. Um, so is he whose spirit is without restraint. And a person without restraint is a person who is 
living without conscience. I want to leave you with this, this thought. What are you doing to your conscience, really? Uh, do you have times that you know what you should do, but you absolutely don't want to do it and you violate it? See, you may think that God forgives, and he will, and he do, do, does, but see, there's a hardening of the heart every time we do wrong. In fact, listen to Hebrews 3.12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest you, uh, any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, sin is deceitful. Doing what we know is wrong is a deceitful thing. See, it's just like that adulteress spoken of in the book of Proverbs, that immoral woman. She she does what she knows is wrong. She commits adultery, wipes her mouth, says, I haven't done any wrong. And see, that's the gradual, that's the gradual downward spiral of a person who in small things decides to defy conscience. I, I want to I want to encourage you. After you finish listening to this, maybe driving, maybe at home, take some time to seek the Lord. Ask yourself the question. Examine yourself, as the Apostle Paul said. Ask yourself, am I obeying my conscience? Is my conscience tender towards God? Or are there areas of my life where I'm defying conscience? I'm doing a certain thing. I know it's wrong, but I continue to do it. With the, with the thought in my mind, well, I'll just get, ask God to forgive me after the fact. Well, you know what? He may forgive you, but you see, you're creating a demerit in your conscience. That is, you're creating a hard place in your conscience every time you and I choose to do what we know is wrong. We're etching away at it. It's much like a callus on your hand. When I was a little boy, I had calluses on my hands from helping my dad around the house do all kinds of things. He was constantly doing things and and asking me to help him work outside with all of the things. He had so many projects going on, and I developed calluses on my hand. And I had a time I could take a I could take a stick pen and stick it all the way through the callus, start on one side and go all the way through the other. It looked like I was sticking my the the pen through my hand, but it was just going through a, a very tough, hard callus. And see, that callus happened over repeated repetition as I did certain things, as I used a hammer and that kind of thing. And uh, it created the calluses on my hand. And those calluses, uh, you know, it, it, basically, it, it basically killed that portion of skin and it created a hard place. And, and you know, and that's what the conscience does. That's what violating your conscience does. It creates a callus on your heart, a callus on the inside. You become a calloused person, person without feeling, as the scriptures just said. So I want to encourage you, check your heart. I'm going to check mine as well. See, any area of life that you are, you're, you're doing what you know you should not be doing. Friends, when we violate conscience, uh, we, it, it always creates a downward spiral. My encouragement for me and you, let's keep our conscience tender. We'll get into this, you know. When you keep your conscience tender, it's easy to hear the voice of God. But you know, if we don't have a tender conscience, the voice of God becomes muddy. The voice of God uh, is foggy. You can't hear it clearly, can't sense it clearly. And that's the reason. If you ever wanted to and needed to hear God, it's today. 
my encouragement. Let's check our conscience. Come back the next time. We've got a lot to share about this. I just barely scratched the surface with what the scriptures have to say about keeping a clean conscience. So, Lord, I pray for me and any person listening to this podcast. Lord, help us to want to develop a clear, tender conscience towards you. And, Lord, I ask you to forgive me and any person listening for the things that we've done that gradually and slowly etch away at what we know is right in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would do a thorough work in our heart, that the Holy Spirit would draw us to you and make the Word of God real to us. Lord, thank you for drawing us to you and putting a yearning in us to obey your Word and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I'm excited about talking to you the next time. We have a lot more to share about conscience. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.